Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome. Welcome. Drunk German speech. Yeah, it's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research, with a special pocket-sized episode about research that makes people laugh then think. If you like what you hear today, consider supporting us at our website, improbable.com. Here's psychologist Jean Burko Gleason. Until not so long ago, if you wanted a public corpus of alcoholized German speech, you would have been up a creek, so to speak, without a corpus. Now, though, you can go to a library or go online and find a public corpus. The study is Alcohol Language Corpus, the first public corpus of alcoholized German speech by Florian Scheel, Christian Heinrich, and Sabine Barfüßer, whose family name translated to English means barefooted, published in the year 2011 in the journal Language Resources and Evaluation. Jean, what is a corpus? A corpus is just a body. It's a body. That's what it means. Corpus is, means body, and it means a data set. What is a public corpus? It means it's accessible to the public. It's free. In other words, you can get online, and you maybe have to sign up, but it's available to the public. So if you want to do research on alcoholized German speech, you can access this body of data, mm -hmm. this corpus. And what is alcoholized German speech? It's just like anybody else's alcoholized speech. It's the effects of drunkenness on the way you talk. You know, if I asked you to do a stereotypic English alcoholized speech, you'd know right away. You'd begin slurring and talking funny, etc. So we have stereotypes, we have the real thing. And those are not always the same. Where are Florian Scheel, Christian Heinrich, and Sabina Bartuser based? Ah, they are at the Bavarian Archive for Speech Signals, which is part of Ludwig Maximilians Universität in München, Germany. What makes this special? The Alcohol Language Corpus, the ALC, is the first publicly available speech corpus comprising intoxicated and sober speech of 162 female and male German speakers. I called Barfuser Bartuser. I apologize. It should be Barfuser or something close to that. You said it more correctly than I did. Yes. Yes. Mark that, if you will. There was, before this, no publicly available speech corpus that comprised intoxicated and sober speech of 162 female and male German speakers. Have you ever heard the phrase, in the automotive environment... Now you have, because you heard me say it just now. And you're about to hear that phrase again. Recordings are done in the automotive environment. Scheel, Heinrich, and Barfuser tell us why recordings are done in the automotive environment. Recordings are done in the automotive environment 
to allow for the development of automatic alcohol detection and to ensure a consistent acoustic environment for the alcoholized and the sober recording. Scheel, Heinrich, and Barfuser are interested in speech, and not just any old kinds of speech. They want to zero in on specific kinds of speech, kinds of drunken speech, really. The recorded speech covers a variety of contents and speech styles. Breath and blood alcohol concentration measurements are provided for all speakers. Scheel, Heinrich, and Barfuser try to make clear for us what they hope to learn by doing this. To our knowledge, up to this point, nobody has ever seriously claimed to be able to detect the grade of intoxication from the speech signal by means of automatic methods. However, if researchers are ever to develop such a method, they will first need a corpus of intoxicated speech produced not only in the lab, but also in a possible real-life situation. A corpus of intoxicated speech. Details, please. Okay. The Alcohol Language Corpus, the ALC, was recorded over a time period of 30 months, that's in 2007 to 2009, in close cooperation with the Institute of Legal Medicine, Munich, and the German Bund gegen Alkohol und Drogen im Straßenverkehr, BADS. ALC comprises alcoholized and sober speech of 162 male and female German speakers aged between 21 and 64 who were tested by breath and blood samples. What's the name again of that organization that it uses is the, the, it uses is, the acronym it, BADS? Yeah, no, it's the Institute of Legal Medicine and the German Bund gegen Alkohol und Drogen this is the group against alcohol and drugs in Straßenverkehr. It's something to do with the street, out in public. So its entire name again is as if you were reciting a piece of music. Uh-huh. The Institute of Legal Medicine Munich and the Germans Bund gegen Alkohol und Drogen im Straßenverkehr. Thank you. Okay. Scheel, Heinrich, and Barfuser explain why they seem obsessed with an idea that they call alcohol detection in the automotive environment. Alcoholic intoxication, which we call by the acronym AI, oh great, that's not what I call AI, has always been and still is one of the major causes for traffic accidents. What do you call AI? Artificial intelligence, that's what everybody else calls AI. And, And that's what you call artificial intelligence. Well, you don't call it alcohol intoxication. If you said, I'm going to graduate school and I'm going to study AI, I wouldn't think you're going to be studying alcohol intoxication. I think you were studying artificial intelligence, wouldn't you? They shouldn't use AI. Okay, onward with your... Okay, okay. AI, which is to say alcohol intoxication, can be measured in several ways. All these tests can only be applied either in random checks on drivers or after an accident has already happened. But currently, there are no known practical methods to routinely check on the AI, which is, say, alcohol intoxication of a driver preemptively, which is, say, before the driver steps on the gas pedal and puts the car into motion. An increasing number of functions in the automobile are and will be controlled by the speech of the driver. This raises the question whether this speech input may be used to detect possible alcoholic intoxication and thus prevent driving under the influence of alcohol. Scheel, Heinrich, and Barfuser tell us how they got people to get drunk for this experiment. 
all speakers voluntarily participated in an intoxication test supervised by staff of the Institute of Legal Medicine. Before the actual test, each speaker chooses the blood alcohol concentration, BAC, she or he wants to reach during the intoxication test. After having consumed the estimated amount of alcohol within the maximum time period of two hours, the speaker has to wait another 20 minutes before undergoing the tests. Have you ever been subject in one of these tests where you had to get drunk for um, research purposes? I would not agree with such a... I, I would not participate. You seem to be answering in a roundabout I have not. Way. You have because not. Because I would not... Nobody's ever asked me to do it. And if they had, I would have declined. Scheele, Heinrich, and Barfuser had these drunken people perform, or at least try to perform, several kinds of tasks. The drunks had to read some things aloud. Digit strings are represented by telephone, credit card, and license plate numbers. Tongue twisters were added to the red speech part to verify the hypothesis that intoxicated speakers increase their articulation errors. Addresses are real addresses selected from a GO database, which are either difficult to pronounce, e.g. schwester hermann Trasse, or interesting sound combinations as pointed out above, e.g. matapaka betegindestrasse In the spelling recording type, subjects spell the names of German cities. You seem to have little difficulty in pronouncing that difficult-to-pronounce German name. Well, Schwester Hermengildesstrasse? I had never seen it before. Oh, you had a little more difficulty the second time. But this I... is sight reading. Schwester Hermengildesstrasse. Are you good at sight reading music as well? I, do, I can't sight read music, but I can usually sight read languages. The drunks also tried to answer some questions. She, he answered, discussed the following questions or topics. What was the nicest present you ever received? These are like security questions at your bank. Tell me about your last vacation. What do you think of Christmas? Discuss the previous intoxication experiment. Here are some technical details about how Scheele, Heinrich, and Barfuser did those tests. All the recordings take place in one of two standard cars to ensure the same acoustic environment for the different recording locations. The engine is switched off for two-thirds of the recordings and switched on for the application speech to create a realistic ambience for voice control commands. Safety, as is sometimes the case, was paramount. For security reasons, no recording are performed in the moving car. Scheele, Heinrich, and Barfuser tell us some further technical details, too. The speech signal is captured by two microphones. One headset biodynamic Opus 54.6-3 and one AKG Q400 mouse microphone frequently used for in-car voice input located in the middle of the front ceiling of the automobile. The blood alcohol concentration is determined by headspace gas chromatography. What is headspace gas chromatography? It beats me, but I've been wondering as I've been going over this whole article as to why they just don't use that to test whether people are drunk or not. Because it gives you the blood alcohol concentration and they shouldn't have to do a speech test. Well, Never what, mind. What, what they're trying to do is come up with some other way of doing it. I know, I know. And there was a follow-up test so the researchers could compare what people did when they were drunk and what they did when they were not so drunk. 
After a minimum of two weeks later, the speaker is required to undergo a second recording in sober condition. What did Scheele, Heinrich, and Barfuser say they discovered by doing this? Average speakers utter more words per recording item in sober condition than being intoxicated. This was rather unexpected, since the common stereotype is that speakers speak more under the influence of alcohol. But that's not exactly the story. Not if you pay attention to sex. Scheele, Heinrich, and Barfuser pay attention to sex, and because they pay attention to sex, they get a more sexually nuanced appreciation of what happened. While female speakers utter the same number of words in sober and intoxicated states, their male colleagues produce fewer words under the influence of alcohol. Male speakers exhibit a higher proportion of irregularities. The same is observed for hesitations. Male speakers seem to correct themselves more often than female speakers, but only when being sober. Scheele, Heinrich, and Barfuser finally boil everything down for us, telling us what they think we should think about this. Whether these preliminary findings can be exploited in any way to detect intoxication from the speech input automatically remains to be clarified. Have you been involved in any research on people's speech when they are drunk? No, but I've seen people do studies of people's speech when, for instance, they get delayed delayed auditory feedback. You know, when you wear headphones and you hear your speech come back later. We gave an Ig Nobel Prize to some Japanese researchers who made a machine. Yeah, but you know, people have been doing work like that for quite a while. And I actually once uh, was in a study like that at MIT, and you know where they put your voice back into your ears like half a second after. Mm-hmm. It had no effect on me, what proving do you make? that I never listen when I talk. <laughs> it had no effect on me. There were guys there who were like drooling and stuttering, and it simply I had no effect. Were they drooling and stuttering before they listened to no. this? No, it, it, it was getting the delayed auditory feedback just messed them up completely, but it does not have an effect on me. That explains why my kids used to say, what did you say, Mommy? And I would say, I have no idea. I wasn't listening. What did you just say now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't listening. <laughs> you, um, you've been listening, if you've been listening, to a special pocket-sized episode of the Improbable Research Podcast. I invite, advise, and implore you to subscribe to the magazine, The Annals of Improbable Research. Six new issues a year. Get yourself some back issues, too. Also, get lots of details about the Ig Nobel Prizes and the ceremonies and how we're coping with the copious constraints of the COVID-19 pandemic, and about how you can help via our Patreon. All this at our website, improbable.com. It's possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast, we'll look at something or other. Until then. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) 